Alrighty, and welcome back to the Mother Daughter Disney Podcast. My name is Amanda. I'm here with my very lovely mother. Hi, I'm Jeanette. And today we're going to talk about Disneyland Paris, which I'm actually so excited to talk about. I was not there. Yeah. No. <laughs> so I went to Disneyland Paris in February of 2023, and I went there by myself. So no one else was with me. I was, it was a solo trip to Disneyland Paris, my one and only time I've been there. However, there are a lot of things that I wish I would have known before I went that I'm going to talk about today. So I'm going to be very transparent in this podcast because I did listen to other podcasts before. I went to Disneyland Paris. I watched other YouTube videos, of course, did a lot of research. And I would still suggest for you to also do your research as well before going, just so you have the lay of the land and you feel comfortable going is, I guess, is the best way to put it. So for instance, I am going to talk about pricings, things, how much things cost, because I think it's useful to know. I don't know why people keep it a secret sometimes, because I'm like, you know what? This is what I spent. Maybe you think it's too much. Maybe you think it's too little. But if I'm being honest, I love Disney well, so much. Well, sometimes I really like to know what the prices are, because yeah, at least you have know. an idea before you go what you're going to be spending. No, exactly. So I think it's useful. So I'm not going to go over the price of like, you know, my veggie burger or anything right. like that. <laughs> but no. I'll talk about some of the things like that. And again, just a few tidbits that I wish I knew before I went. And then we'll probably will do another Disneyland Paris episode in the future where I'll probably compare more in detail, like the rise to Magic Kingdom and, you know, the shows or something like that. But today it's just, yeah, just a few things that I wish I knew before I went. So if you were planning to go to Disneyland Paris, good luck. You got this. It'll be a lot of fun. <laughs> I think it'll be worth it. And I'll say to you, I will also try to answer the question, like, is it worth going if you are an avid goer to like Magic Kingdom? Like if you're going all the way to France, you're going to Paris, maybe, maybe you're spending a whole week or two weeks in France. Like, is Disneyland Paris worth it? I'll kind of like work my way to that question kind of as we go. So again, I went to Disneyland Paris. I'm going to refer to it as DLP, which is what a lot of people refer to Disneyland Paris as DLP. In February, 2023, I took, I was going there for a work trip actually. So I, my, where I work, my actual job, because if, if, if I'm known if it's a surprise to anyone, this podcast is not my full-time job. <laughs> I wish it was. <laughs> right. But um, I was going there for my work because my work is based in England. And so this whole trip was planned in less than two weeks. So it was quite a quick trip. And again, less than two weeks, suddenly I was in Disneyland Paris. Oh, I guess I should also mention too, I do have a full vlog series on this trip as well on my YouTube channel. I will link that vlog playlist in the description of this. So if you want to go watch that, it's a very detailed vlog of me actually in Disneyland Paris and Disney Disney Studios. And it's like four hours. Like yeah. I think all it's three, really cool to see because you can actually see. A lot yeah. Of and I'll talk more Paris. about like my opinions on rides, about things in the exact mm -hmm. moment when I'm eating and stuff like that in the moment. And you get to see that. So I will link that also in the description if you want to watch that. I mentioned this too in the video that again, this whole trip was planned in less than two weeks specifically for a work trip. Really wanted to squeeze in Disneyland Paris before the work trip. So I took a red eye flight out of Eastern coast of America. So a Thursday night I flew. So I arrived in Paris Friday morning. Then I had a full day on Saturday and then I left Sunday evening, like around like six or seven o'clock or something like that. Almost three full days because I arrived so early and I left so late on that Friday and Sunday. But again, that's just important to, to kind of note that it was three days and what's that two nights or something like that. All right. So DLP does hotel and ticket packages back in the day. Walt Disney World used to also do this as well. Mm. And, and if I'm being honest, it's really just really convenient because you kind of can just book everything at once. Don't necessarily save money. So for instance, I did compare the room rates and the individual ticket rates and like added everything up. And at the time I wasn't saving money, but it was just way more convenient at the time to book it all at once under like one email, one confirmation number, everything was together. So for one person, I chose to stay at the Disney Sequoia Lodge. So Disneyland Paris has multiple hotels at different, you know, price points, different like the value resorts versus like the deluxe resorts. That's not actually not what they call them, but you know, for figure of speech. If I could have chosen, I think the Disney, oh, I forget, the Disney Bay Hotels. I'll add it and it the myself. one right in the park? No. Oh. So it was like the Disney Bay Hotel. The, the Newport Bay Hotel is the top tier, so to speak. And the Marv, the New York Marvel Hotel. Those were like the two top tier hotels. My mom is referring to the Disneyland Paris Hotel, which is in oh, the okay. park. That is physically, I kid you not, in, in the, the park. park. I That's cannot where I would stress when stay. I say in the 
<laughs> that is where I wanted to stay. And I would have spent top dollar to stay in that hotel, but it was closed for refurbishment. So That's I couldn't stay there. Timing. And so it was very sad. It's actually still closed for refurbishment. Oh, okay. I think it's not opening until 2024. So oh, depending okay. on when you're listening to this while, podcast, really doing it. I would check to see if it's open or not, but they're refurbishing the whole hotel. So when it does open, I imagine no, it'll be super be nice. nice. So I'm excited to go back and hopefully stay mm-hmm. at that hotel. But the top two hotels seemingly was Newport Bay, the New York Marvel Hotel, and then Disney Sequoia Lodge was like the third one out of like the top three hotels. And so I chose to stay at the Disney Sequoia Lodge. I watched YouTube videos on it. A lot of people said it was good. You can walk to the parks from it. And I booked for one person. I booked a standard room. So technically for the standard room, you automatically get two people in a double bed. So even though it's only one person, it still said two people in my double bed. I would note too that because I was booking this as a hotel and ticket package, you cannot pay for, like, so for instance, if you were arriving late on Friday and so you weren't going to use your ticket on Friday, but you were going to sleep there on Friday, you would still have to pay for a full park ticket for that Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So you still have to get all three days. Even if you knew you were not going to use the park ticket for one of those days, you still had to pay for the ticket if you're doing the package. Package, right. so Just keep that, that in mind. Sense. Yeah. So mm-hmm. for me, I knew I was going to use it all three days. So for me, I was like, actually, that works out great. That's exactly what I want to do. I'd also note too that, of course, if your room isn't ready or when you check out, they do have a place to check your luggage so you know, so you can still check your luggage and go into the parks and stuff. It was a bit inconvenient on the last day because I did have to bring my laptop into the parks with me because I didn't want to check my my like work laptop. So mm-hmm. I didn't couldn't do that. But there is a place that you can you know, check your bags. So for my two nights in the Disney Sequoia Lodge standard room for one person and my three park hopper tickets was $848. So that is that was my total for those three items or those two items, sorry. So at the time I was like, again, I only booked this out in two weeks in advance. I'm sure you can probably get better deals if you book further in advance, if you work maybe with like, they call like a vacation Do they have travel the, agent. They charge different for different seasons too, like yes. everybody else. Okay. So the reason why I went before my work trip is because the week after my work trip, that 848 had jumped over $1,000 okay. for the week after. Because you're already getting into a different so, season. Yeah. So it was a slightly different season. At the time, I didn't know this, but the week afterwards, that is when the UK had some kind of like break for the school. So a lot mm. of the schools are going to be off the following week. So all the prices went up that following week in February. So that's why I decided I'm going to go the week before my work trip because I was saving a couple hundred dollars and it was definitely worth it to do that. So I definitely look at all the weekends. It's pretty easy to browse their website. Look at all the weekends, decide when you can go, when maybe if you can pull the kids from school, or if you're going without kids or something like that, if you're just going for the weekend or if you're just doing a day trip, obviously you don't have to do a whole ticket package or something like that. So I also want to note too, that you can also add on to when you're booking like your ticket and hotel package, a Eurostar rail ticket or a magical, magical shuttle pass. The magical shuttle is a paid service that takes you from the airport to the DLP hotels. It's basically like the magical express or now is, I think it's called mouse something or other. Yeah, they call it something else. It's, yes, yeah. I forget what it's called right now. You now you have to pay for it. Yeah, but it, it's a paid service. So this mm-hmm. is also paid. And again, you can book this in advance when you booked your tickets. So when I actually booked my tickets at my hotel, I also booked on the magical shuttle. So again, because I was flying into Paris and then I was doing a work trip, I only needed the magical shuttle one way from the airport to DLP. And then I didn't need it going to London because then afterwards I actually did the Eurostar and I took a, a, a train from DLP to London and St. Pancras. So I kind of did like, I did both of them all at the same time. So I'll talk about the Eurostar in a second. So for the magical shuttle, again, you book this in advance. You don't select a bus time. You basically just select the day that you're arriving and then the bus is scheduled to leave like every hour or so. So when you just get to the area where the bus, you know, takes you off, you just wait for the next bus. Nothing too crazy. I would note that the buses do not open like that whole, the magical shuttle area does not open until around 9 a.m. So if you're flying from America and you get there very early, like my flight landed around 7.30. So by the time I got to the magical shuttle, it was like a little bit after eight, nothing was open. No one was around. I didn't even know if it was in the right area for a while. Like there was no one to ask questions to because it wasn't actually open yet technically until around like a little bit before 9 a.m. They like opened up the thing. They had like the counter where, I mean, like you don't have to buy in advance too. I should mention that you can buy once you get there. A lot of people were buying their tickets once they got there. And then you kind of just go, honestly, you just kind of follow the crowd and you just kind of walk outside with the crowd and you see where the bus picks 
picks you up because yeah, I didn't really know where I was going. I was kind of just following the people that were around me. And at the time, no one was speaking English. Everyone was speaking many other languages, but there was no English speaker guests on the bus at least. I was also by myself too. So I mean, like there was an else, no one else by themselves <laughs> taking the magical shuttle at 9 a.m. from the airport. Maybe I just keep that in mind though. If your flight arrives earlier than 9 a.m., like if your flight gets in at 6 a.m., you are going to be sitting around for a while waiting for that bus. So it may be worth it just to book a taxi or something right, like that, like a private taxi. There, right to the hotel. Yeah. So for, I paid for one person for one way. And again, you would save a little bit of money if you did like a round trip. So for instance, I was going from the magical shuttle to the hotel and then hotel back to the airport, you would save like a little bit of money. But for one person, one way, it was $27.60. And again, that was because I was booking a Eurostar to London after my trip. So I only needed the magical shuttle for one way. Something that I did not know that I think it's very important to know if you book in advance like I did. So I booked again, two to three weeks, like I guess exactly two weeks in advance. You do not receive your confirmation paper and your ticket until like a few days before you go. So I was shaking in my booties because I had no confirmation number. I oh, had nothing. They used to do that though. When we used to do that years ago. You didn't yeah. get your confirmations and your bus, you know, your bus confirmations and everything until just a yeah, few until days. Just a few days. Because they used to send yeah. luggage tags too and everything. And that used to come just a few days yeah, before you were leaving. Yeah. yeah. No, a few days before was my, like mm-hmm. the day that I had booked it, I received an email that had my QR code. That was my mm-hmm. ticket. And it said like in no times specifically, just said like, no, this is the day that you booked the magical shuttle. So again, don't stress if you don't have a confirmation number, if you don't have your ticket, the email will eventually come. And again, you will still have your booking number from like your hotel or your ticket or something like that. So you can still ask Disney, like if you're concerned right. you don't get it in time. But again, yeah, there's no times on the tickets. And again, worst comes to worst, you can buy the ticket once you get there. You don't have to book it in advance. I just chose to book in advance because I was kind of packaging everything together. The magical shuttle is a bit tricky to find when you're in the airport. There are no signs pointing to where it is in the airport. <laughs> Disneyland, in a lot of airports like that. <laughs> yeah, Disneyland Paris is not the same as Disney World. I feel like when you get off the flight in Orlando, there were a lot of signs that kind of pointed like where like the Disney magical shuttle express was. The In the Paris airport, there were absolutely no signs at all. On my ticket, it had instructions on how to get to where the magical shuttle is. And it says it is in the 2E, 2F corridor. And there's instructions on like loosely how to get there. But if you've never been to this airport before, it was very confusing. Mm-hmm. And obviously I just got off a, like, you know, an eight hour flight. I'm tired. I didn't really sleep on the flight. I'm walking around by myself, looking around this airport being like, where am I supposed to go? I didn't have to ask a few people kind of four directions, just like how to get to this corridor because a lot of people didn't even know what the corridor was. But essentially when you get off an international flight, you will start just walking like, you know, kind of towards the exit. There's really only one way to walk. And you will see at one point that terminal E and terminal F kind of split off into two different directions, kind of like a Y, two different directions. It doesn't matter which one you start walking towards, just start walking towards either the E terminal or the F terminal. And the 2E, 2F terminal is kind of like a circle. They're the last terminals of the airport. So at the very end of those terminals, I'm kidding you not, the absolute very end, they connect by a very small hallway. (laughs) So you have to walk through the entire E terminal or the entire F terminal all the way to the back. And then where they connect in the back is that 2E, 2F corridor. And once you realize like that, the name makes more sense. Right, now it makes sense why it's called that, Yeah, because it's the corridor that connects the two terminals. And like when you walk from, for the most part, from the main part of the airport all the way to this the This is one of those deals where you need an aerial view. <laughs> yeah, it was, again, it was very confusing. Again, if you've never been there before, it, it is confusing. And luckily I did find a few airport workers that spoke English that kind of helped me. But even when I told them I was looking for the magical shuttle to Disneyland Paris, they like had no idea what that was. They had never heard of it and they worked at the airport. Yeah, unless so again, they're gone, this, I guess they don't know. Yeah, this isn't like, again, not like on Disney World. If you're if a frequent right. flyer to Disney World, it's, it's not exactly the same That's as Disney That's because 98% World, so. of the people going through Orlando Airport are going to Disney World. Yeah. Once you get there, there is like a big sign that says magical shuttle there is like a little waiting area that like looks more official and like the bus is like outside and again you just kind of follow the crowd you know outside with the bus i'm sure there will be other people you probably won't be alone but even if you are alone i think there was a sign once you got outside but it 
it's like you have to cross a few roads to get there like a few like little like paths to get yes. there um, but it's not too difficult though so once you get there it's fine but getting to that 2e 2f corridor was you know I was, I was very confused i didn't and it's in the, the vlog as well i was like i don't really know where i'm going what i'm doing however i didn't panic in the vlog i feel like i was panicking a little bit more in the moment because i was like where am i supposed to go every sign is in french there's like no english right. in this airport. and we should mention that i was home in new jersey panicking the whole time yeah. well for you guys it would have been so early in the morning because it would have been right. in the middle of the night for you, but, guys, you know the whole idea so. that she was traveling by herself i was panicking yeah. so around 9 a.m again the magical shuttle finally opened the bus showed up you do put your own luggage onto the bus they don't put it on for you like they did in the magical express in, in florida and again i can't unfortunately I can't give you advice on like a return trip like the hotel back to the airport but i imagine once you're at your hotel you can probably just ask the front desk like right. how they would have work, all the information and they'll right. definitely be able to help you a little bit more so so coming leaving disneyland paris again i took the eurostar so i had a eurostar pass and that is the main train that you can take take from dlp to london there are other trains too obviously you can take trains there from it's called the the marne oh sorry the marne la valle chassis that is the train station that's in disneyland paris and again that's a really pretty big tra train station so you can take the trains to other places in france other places in europe for me i was going to london so i took a direct train from dlp to london the train was about oh because i guess that's important to note dlp is like a 30 to 40 minute drive outside of paris even though it's called disneyland paris it's not really in, no, paris. It's not in paris a right. lot of people don't always realize that until they get there it's like it's so far away but first of all paris itself is a very large city so if anything it's really on the outskirts of paris but paris is so large that you know it's just like 40 minutes to drive through the city basically so again i i did book my eurostar train ticket separate from my hotel tickets and my magical shuttle ticket just because it was very complicated to do it all at once so i booked it separately and i took a one way because <laughs> again i was out, i already took the magical shuttle one way from the marne la valle chassis to saint pancras international in london when you book round trip again you get a little bit of a discount so just keep that in mind that i was paying you know full price and for me it was 113 dollars one way there are not a lot of train times for direct trains from dlp to london so i would plan accordingly mm. there are lots of connecting trains so you can take trains to different places in france and then get on a connecting train to oh, london okay. but for i i was if i'm being really honest i was scared to do a connecting train because i didn't know what the english would be like in these train stations glad that i didn't because i really don't speak french and from what i can tell all the french train stations are predominantly in french they're again very little english in the train station even the one in dlp very little english my manager actually he used to live in france his wife is french she speaks fluent french he told me as well that yeah train stations in france for the most part are going to be all in french so i would suggest trying to get a direct train from dlp to london if, if that's what you're doing or getting a, a direct train from dlp to paris or wherever you're going just so you don't get a bit lost in like the connecting train stations because it can be confusing especially if you don't speak the language so all right you'll see the train station when you walk from the dlp hotels to the park and it'll be pretty clear where it is because you literally have to walk right past it from the hotels to the park and i walked past it multiple times going back and forth so you'll kind of see it and it'll be sort of through a fence there's a big open area it's kind of hard to explain but again it's in my vlog so it's, you'll have a better visual from that in my vlogs promise it's very obvious where the train station is and if you can't find it you can ask the hotel or like look on like the disneyland paris has a really great app way better than the disney world app if i'm being honest oh, okay a really great app with with a map on it and you can just look at that as well but i promise it's not too hard to find so the train between london and dlp also has its own dedicated section in the actual train station so i didn't know that i was just waiting around just in the train station until like the train was gonna leave until i finally realized like if you walk further into the train station there's a huge sign in the train station that says eurostar train to london and i was like oh look at that <laughs> huge sign that i just didn't see because i didn't walk further enough into the train station and i want to know too because you're crossing international borders and you're taking a direct train from france to the united kingdom they will check your passport before you get on the train and they will also put your back through a security check so keep that in mind because the line sometimes can get long depending upon when you're traveling when i was traveling it was very off season so for me there really was no line 
line, but I have heard the lines can get long because again, you're traveling international borders. And again, make sure you keep your passport handy because when you arrive in the United Kingdom, you will have to go through a passport customs check as well. No matter where you're from, there's still a passport customs check. A lot of people in Did line- Did they have the, the mobile there? Do you know? Mobile. I know people are talking about signing up for mobile passport where you can go through this. They have separate lines for that mobile time. passport. So maybe okay. now that's something new because again, when I went in February, it's a few months ago. So uh-huh. at the time, yeah, they yeah, didn't have that. Yeah, they're seeing a whole lot of talk about that. Yeah, well, that would make it a lot quicker. I didn't have, again, I didn't have a, a line to get onto the train, but once I got to London, there was a line to get off the train because we all had to wait on like the customs right. line. The line went pretty quickly though, if I'm being honest, but yeah, it did take a while. So the train between DLP and to St. Pancras is about two hours, but because of the time difference, you you gain an hour. So it, it you know, it's kind of like one hour, but technically the train ride is two hours. I know there's that really famous part of the train when you go under the water, like through the channel. I slept, I kid you not. I sat down on the train, instantly fell asleep. I woke up to them being like, ding, we've arrived in St. Pancras. <laughs> and me being like, oh, I guess this is time That's to a leave. nice train ride, okay. <laughs> I did not get to see the coolness of like going under the water and then mm-hmm. coming out above the water, like completely missed it. Just slept mouth wide open, you know, <laughs> like a fish, completely passed out. So yeah, so but yeah, but the train was pretty easy to take. It's a very nice train. It's kind of like Amtrak if you've been in America before, like on an Amtrak train. But yeah, so that's everything about kind of the travel of getting to the hotels and leaving the hotels. If anyone ever has any questions, you can always DM me on my Instagram. I love talking about Disney and my Disneyland Paris trip. So definitely feel free to DM me. All right. So those are the two sections I wanted to focus on a lot because those are the sections they had like the most questions about and that I was most nervous for was the traveling bit. Because I knew once I got there, I'd be like, oh, once you're on Disney property, it's very similar to being on Disney property in like in California or in Florida, you're like in the bubble, you know, right. now you're on, now you're in the Disney bubble and everything feels safe again, you know, in the bubble. So, and I would say too, there's a lot of security in Disneyland Paris as well. When you arrive at the hotel, they will put your suitcase on like a little conveyor belt to scan it through like mm. a conveyor thing. When you go into like Disney Village, so when you walk from the hotel to Disney Village and the Disney Village connects to the, the parks as well, you do another security check. You put your bags in a little thing through security and you walk through a little metal, metal detector. So there's a lot of security overall in the area. So you do feel quite safe that Disney Village, which is basically like their Disney Springs or downtown Disney, mm-hmm. very small in comparison, but the equivalent though, lots mm-hmm. of security. So you don't really feel, you know, again, it just feels quite safe is all I'm saying. So, all right. So again, I stayed at the Disney Sequoia Lodge. I realized this after my trip, all of the hotels in Disneyland Paris are all themed to something to do with America. <laughs> so like the Newport Bay hotels is like that New England type feel. The New York Marvel Hotel, of course, is New York City. The Disney Sequoia Lodge is based on the California Redwood Forest. And it's funny because one of the guys, like their shirt says California on it. And it's funny because he was like, oh, look, I'm actually from California. And I was like, oh yeah, that's cool. He's like, I'm just kidding. I've never been to California. (laughs) I was like, I I, I wasn't really sure, but I thought that was kind of funny though. Then what else is there? There's the Disney Shine Hotels, which is based off like the wild, wild west. And there's another one too that's based off Arizona, like the Mm -hmm. desert in Arizona. Like I forget what that's called, but like the painted desert essentially. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so I would say the Disney Sequoia Lodge, if I'm being really honest, is a bit rundown. It is clean, but you can tell it's a very well-loved hotel. They have not (laughs) renovated this hotel. I can't imagine in years. And then later on, I was speaking to someone else who had been to the Disney Sequoia Lodge in like, I don't know, 2015 or 2016. And I said, I just went in 2023. And I said, I told him, I was like, yeah, it was a bit run down. He's like, oh yeah, it was a bit run down when I went too. And I'm like, they haven't made any (laughs) updates. Let me tell you. It was really run down. Okay. If you go to the Disney Sequoia Lodge, I can't speak to the other hotels, but there are basically no outlets in the room. I literally had to unplug a lamp so I could plug in my items to charge. And the outlets are weak. Like it couldn't charge my laptop. I straight up just didn't charge my laptop for three days because they couldn't charge it. It just wasn't strong enough. And I would say too, there are no outlets in the bathroom, which I thought was a bit odd. I guess you'd have to unplug again, like lights and stuff like that in the bathroom in order to, to like if you had a razor or, or hair dryer. Well, there was a hair dryer there, but if you had a razor or something else you wanted to plug in, couldn't do that. So overall, the room was fine. The room was nice. I had like a little view of, you know, the, the trees. I can, I just did a standard room. You can do like the lake facing room, which I guess you could potentially see the, like the nighttime shows because mm-hmm. you're kind of 
kind of the lake kind of faces to like where the parks are but again i just had a standard view so i just had i faced like a footpath and you know some trees they do theme it quite nicely too like it does feel like you know a little bit like you could be in that lodge type of feel so i did like the overall hotel and i'm sure the other hotels were the same i didn't go into any of the other hotels i walked past the marvel new york hotel every single time i go to the parks and the walking all the hotels are walking distance to the parks again some are closer than others again newport new york and the disney sequoia lodge are the closest to the parks disneyland hotel obviously is in the park in the case you're not in the park you will see as you go in it's in the park and then the other one's a little bit further away Mm. so for me it took me about 10 to 15 minutes to walk there from like from my room and to be inside of the actual park Mm -hmm. itself 10 to 15 minutes so not too bad and all the hotels also have a shuttle that will take you to like where you know like where the parking people kind of are there's also a shuttle as well that like leaves every like 15 minutes so you can also just like hop on the shuttle too if you really didn't like want to do the walk or something like that i also want to note too that guests staying at dlp hotels can get into the parks one hour early like one hour before they officially open and i think annual pass holders can also do that as well although dlp hasn't had annual passes since covid they've just announced they're going they to, just start yeah, yeah. That they're going to restart reselling annual passes but for a while there there were no annual passes but yeah so dlp hotel and annual pass holders can get into the park one hour early all right language i i feel like everyone gets nervous you go into a foreign country that does not speak english especially if you're an english-speaking person and you don't know any other language and that is me i do not know any other language it's really everyone says too it's not something to worry about so i do want to stress that because that was something i was very concerned about i didn't believe anyone when they were like you don't have to worry about it i was still so stressed out about it i was so nervous but yet, basically everyone speaks english or they understand enough english to get by again this park remember is an international european park so not all europeans speak french right and as english is the second most widely spoken language most people know enough english to get by all the cast members again will speak full fluent english or they will have enough english to to speak with you i think i only encountered maybe two cast members who i could tell they probably weren't fluent in english but whatever they're like i think one of the popcorn girls that i got popcorn i could tell english is not fluent but she could say like which popcorn do you want how do you want to pay right. things like that you're you know? also on disney property and customer service is number one yeah so i will still say you still get that that right. disney customer service that you get in california and in florida as well that does not mm-hmm. change when you go to france right. i know other people have had different experiences with that so i will just say that i know other people have said they've been treated maybe not as like you know the way you're treated in florida or something like that or that they noticed i remember in one podcast she said that they were in the hotel and the housekeeping were like arguing with each other but they were like loudly yelling at each other in the hallway with like people like like guests walking in and out and she's like yeah i feel like in florida like you never have like you would never you see, never that, see right? a manager screaming at someone in the hallway no. <laughs> that they were doing something well you're not in america but, you're in europe no for sure so <laughs> yeah but i would say yeah do, there's do a not, different culture yeah don't worry too much about right. the language it really it, it was never a problem for me absolutely at all all of the rides are a mix of french and english so when you're on like for instance on haunted mansion the voice will switch back between french and english on pirates of the caribbean all of the spoken lines were in french but the song was in english a lot of the shows as well so like for instance in like one of the marvel shows it's like one person was i can't remember who it was honestly because i wasn't really watching one person was speaking english and then iron man was speaking french so iron man would say something in french and then the other person would be like oh iron man you're right we should do this so they would kind of reiterate what the other person was saying so even if you were missing half the conversation you still knew what was going on Mm -hmm. everything was basically like that the only ride that was truly all in french was star tours it was the only ride that i went on that the beginning like the pre-show fully french the whole show you've been on star tours so many times you knew exactly what was going on everything (laughs) was fully french and hearing c-3po with a little french accent is very cute (laughs) it's funny too i went to star tours twice actually the first time i went on as well because the 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 cast member comes in they check your seatbelt. she also spoke only french like she didn't speak any english and it was the only ride i went on that was true fully french experience which i thought was funny because again normally the cast members they will say things in french like you know put your seatbelt on pull on the little 
tab and then they'll repeat it in English immediately afterwards. Like you don't even have to ask. When I went on Autopia, they actually asked me English or French. <laughs> I just said like English, please. And then she gave me the instructions on how to drive the little Autopia car in, in, in English. There were also moments too, when they would speak in French to me, then I would try to speak a little bit of French back, you know, just trying to be polite. And then they would immediately just switch to English. You know, they were like, oh yeah, <laughs> no, she you're did. not good enough. Clearly she doesn't speak French. <laughs> right. Clearly she's she just trying really to be nice. She doesn't really know what she's doing. So I'd say, yeah, most people are going to speak English to you. And again, all the shows and all the rides will be framed that you will understand enough of what's going on. And if I'm being honest, it's actually really fun to hear everything in French. Like it's so different. Like when I was on Haunted Mansion, this is in the vlog as well. The ride stopped, you know, momentarily and there was a whole announcement in French and then he repeated it in English. But it was cool to like hear, you know, these announcements, these things in French. And I would compare it to in Disney World at, I don't know about Disneyland in California, but in Disney World, we have a lot of English and then Spanish. So we hear all the announcements in English and then you hear a lot of announcements in Spanish. So I would say it's quite similar to that if you've, if you've been to Disney World before. So I would say I would often speak English, but then at the very end, I usually would just say like, merci at the very end, just to try to be a little bit polite, <laughs> just because I realize that, you know, they've learned a whole other language to speak to me. Right. And I, you know, yeah, you know I can only say respect. thank you in French. When I was there in February again, all of the people around me were basically all speaking French as well. Like all the guests were speaking French. And when I was there, only two families out of three days I was there spoke English, no. which is kind mm-hmm. of crazy if you think about it, which is also crazy. Well, you, when, you were also there when um, again, during there the was no school, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. no school holidays, no vacation holidays. No, yeah, yeah. you were there when people so weren't traveling. almost everyone was speaking French. I, fr- I heard a few other different European languages that I couldn't mm-hmm. put my finger on, you know, if I had tried to guess. I heard one family speaking Italian that I could pick up what he was saying, but I couldn't I couldn't have spoken back to him. But it was funny, we were in line for something and when he got to the front line, then he sneaked English to the, to the mm-hmm. cast member, but he was speaking French, or he was speaking Italian with his family. But yeah, but when I was there again, because I was in the off season for the UK at the very least, there was no English speakers. That's because like the UK was going to have their, their vacation the next week, which was also funny because then when I got to London and was surrounded by English speaking again, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm back in an environment where I know what people, <laughs> know are, people around are around me are talking about because like for three straight days everyone was talking around me but you can't listen in on people's conversations like you normally would so I just really was kind of isolated in that sense just hanging out on my phone <laughs> so <laughs> all right Disney Village so I just want to go over Disney Village real quick so Disney Village that small version of downtown Disney and Disneyland or Disney Springs and Disney World the shops do have different items than in the parks so they are worth it to walk through them the world of Disney store has the same items as, as the parks but the other stores do not they have different items so I would suggest to go through them. The funniest thing to me is that one of the stores, one store had a t-shirt for the Mexican pavilion from Epcot. And I thought that was so funny. I was like, why is this here? <laughs> maybe somebody returned it there. No, it was a whole rack of them, oh, wow. like different sizes. I was like, maybe some box got shipped to shipped Disneyland to Paris place. and there's someone yeah. like a Mexican pavilion t-shirt from Epcot in here. And no other pavilions, just Mexico. So I thought that was so funny though. But yeah, they do have different items in the stores. So I would suggest to go there. For instance, I couldn't find an ornament in the parks that I really liked. Like there were ornaments. I didn't like any of them. And then when I went through the Disney Village, shop there was an ornament that was for the 30th anniversary of DLP because when I went it was during the 30th anniversary in one of the shops I was like oh this is exactly what I want well that happens in Walt Disney World too if you don't yeah. go through all the little shops there are things that are in all those little shops sometimes yeah, exactly. that are not in the main shop and then things that are in the park that are not in Disney Springs or not at the hotels you go through the hotel shops they have some odd stuff that they don't have other places yeah for sure. and those are the things you can't order online either you have to actually pick them yeah. up so I guess it's the same way yeah so I would definitely suggest to, to take a walk through them I will say overall as a blank statement their shopping does not have as many options as Walt Disney World so like when you walk through there is not the selection of t-shirts there's not the selection of you know bags there's not the selection of you know ears even mm-hmm. like the mini ears they have a much smaller selection of items that you can buy other than stuffed animals they had lots of stuffed animals oh, okay. <laughs> stuffed animals they were definitely going for but every other item they didn't have the selection now I realize I don't know if that's a due to imports again I did go you know post COVID so maybe mm-hmm. after COVID they're still you know working right. on the imports or whatever there could be lots of reasons why they didn't have a huge selection could just because it's a 
Disneyland Paris, you just, you know, don't invest in that much in like having that selection the way Disney World does. Yeah, but I did notice that because when I was looking for my mini ears, I really wanted mini ears that said Disneyland Paris on the side. There was only one option that did Disneyland Paris on the side. And I know they sell others because I've seen them online before, but in the parks, only one option. So could have just been a time where, you know, they're just between right, shipments. just where the shipments so, in. And it's only there for three days. So there are restaurants in Disney Village as well. I didn't eat any of the restaurants, but they do have a few sports type bars with like really large TVs. Lots of people are often there watching football and stuff on it. There's also a movie theater there too, if you want to go see a movie. And they have some of like American classics too, like Starbucks and McDonald's. So mm. if you still want to get your Starbucks, there's a Starbucks in Disney <laughs> so you can still get your Starbucks. I would note too that the restaurants in Disney Village stay open later than the park. The park is closing early that day and all the restaurants are closed. You can still go out to eat there. Pretty sure the restaurants and the hotels also stay open a little bit later mm-hmm. as well. But I would recommend obviously getting a reservation. All right, before we get to the park section, I just want to talk about weather real quick. So DLP has a much more variety of weather than I would say Disney World and California both have. Now that's not to say it can't get cold in Disney World because it can get very oh, yeah, cold in Disney very World. Cold. Yeah, we've been in Disney World in Florida with freezing temperatures freezing, before. Freezing, windy and cold. But I would say as a blanket statement, Walt Disney World is usually on the warmer side. Mm-hmm. Same thing in California, usually on the warmer side. Mm-hmm. Whereas DLP truly does have the full the full four seasons. You'll have true winters and true summers. And because of this, this is very oddly specific. But because of this though, there are a lot of more doors in Disneyland Paris. So for instance, when you're in the parks, every store has a door. Every bathroom has a door. You don't realize it until you're walking around and you realize that you can open these doors and there's stores in them. Which sounds really silly, but in Disney World, all of the doors are always open. Every, open. No you're bathroom has a door. Out, right? You can just freely walk in and out of almost every area. There was a store that I didn't even know was a store because I was like, what does this door go to? I opened it. It was a whole candy shop. And I was uh-huh. like, oh, I have no idea this was there. And the doors are all heavy. They're super heavy to open. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they really want to keep the cold out and, you know, the heat in. And Because I, I went during February. So yeah, but all the doors are super heavy. I wonder if in the summer they do open up the doors, but in winter, all doors were closed. closed. Every place has a door. Even the rides too often had doors because it, it just gets so cold there. And when I was there, it was very cold. I had a down jacket on all three days. I didn't think it was going to be that cold, actually. It was actually supposed to be a little bit warmer that weekend, but it ended up staying cold, cloudy, and rainy the entire time. And let me tell you something. France doesn't consider drizzle to be rain because you will look on the weather app and it will say it is just cloudy. And you're staying there being like, it is it's drizzling. Raining. It is drizzling right now. This is this is per- this is precipitation coming down from the sky. That's because they're used to having it all the time. Yeah, but the app on your phone will say it's just a little cloudy right now. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, sure. But it drizzled the entire time I was there. I saw the sunlight for like the last 10 minutes before I left on that Sunday evening. Yeah, cloudy and rainy the whole time. My photos look great actually though, because it makes for good lighting when you have <laughs> them, cloudy. when you have the cloudy. So kind of worked out that way. But yeah, just keep that in mind for weather that depending upon when you go, you do want to pack accordingly. And of course you can buy stuff once you get there. So one section I forgot to record when I was with my mom just has to do with getting an international phone plan. So I did not get an international phone plan when I went and I just stayed connected to the Wi-Fi that was available on site. So both parks, Disneyland Paris and Walt Disney Studios and the hotel and Disney Village all have Wi-Fi throughout the area. So you can just connect your phone to the Wi-Fi and not have to get an international phone plan. However, staying connected to the Wi-Fi the entire time is going to drain your battery so quickly. So later in the episode, when we get to our Disney memory, my mom and I will talk about a memory that happened when my phone was dying when I was in Disneyland Paris. But that is why I wanted to include earlier on in the episode to make sure that you have an extra portable charger with you. Honestly, I would suggest bringing maybe two or three, depending upon how much you're going to be on your phone. For me, because I was vlogging the whole trip, I was videoing a lot. I was texting my parents and my partner a lot. So I was really using my phone the entire time. I also was by myself. So that was my main form of entertainment too when I was there. I wasn't really talking to anyone. So yeah, I would definitely suggest bringing extra portable chargers with you, especially if you're going to to be connecting to the Wi-Fi. But the Wi-Fi was pretty good, I would say. I mean, like it was pretty strong. Again, I was able to do everything I kind of wanted on the Wi-Fi. So Wi-Fi is good, but it is going to drain your battery. All right, so for the parks and the rides, I'm trying not to go into too much detail because I think I will do a whole episode 
more dedicated on the parks and the rides and also because I realized some people want to be like surprised when they go to the mm-hmm. parks and rides like I know I didn't really want to know too much about the parks and the rides before I went because I wanted to be a bit of a surprise but I will say Disneyland there are two parks in Disneyland Paris a lot of people didn't always realize that there's technically two parks Disneyland Paris is quite similar to Magic Kingdom and Walt Disney Studios is quite similar to Hollywood Studios and usually Walt Disney Studios just gets called Disney Studios or like WDS or DS for short or something like that Disney Studios is small and it's very small in comparison to Disneyland Paris like and I think it's partially because in Disneyland Paris you have all the lands right, right. And all the lands you walk between the lands is very immersive in the land Disney Studio doesn't really have that although all the sections so to speak are kind of on top of each other like like literally you have like the area for like Crush's Coaster like the Finding Nemo section like in Radiator Springs basically like it's all it's all kind of like all mm-hmm. together the only section that's a bit further off off is Avengers Campus because it's all new so they're that's kind of new, adding so they to, had it. to add it on mm-hmm. so like that part is a little bit more sectioned off but if you walk from Avengers Campus to that Radiator Springs section it's like maybe five minutes it's really not that far from each other so the park itself is very small I know when the park first opened it was a flop because of that because there's like nothing to do in the park there's lots of rides now let me tell you there's lots of stuff you can do in the park now but I mean like if you're not a big walker that's honestly the park to go to because everything is just right right on, right top, on top of, of each, other. each other so it is kind of nice in that sense i'd also suggest looking up the rides in each park so you get a good idea of which rides you want to go to and which park that they're in so for instance i know i've mentioned crush's coaster a few times that's a very popular ride and it's in disney studios a lot of people don't realize that they think it's in disneyland paris it's not it's in disney studios so you do have to go to both parks to experience that <laughs> well, ride technically when you talk about looking at the maps and knowing where the rides are we used to do that when you were very young yeah, you didn't have to do that well see now, now we've gone memorized. so many times that you don't need a map. That's we just saying, when you're going someplace deep, right. you have to know. When you so, go, you really should yeah. read the maps because I, it, it tells you everything. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So I'd say Crush's Coaster is in Disney Studios, Avengers Campus, all of the Marvel stuff, Disney Studios. That mini Radiator Springs is not like the one in Disneyland in California. It's a very, it's very small. Oh, down version? Okay. It's not like you're walking through Radiator Springs. It's just the theming of cars kind oh, of. Okay. Because the one Radiator in Disneyland is, was, was so yeah, cool. Again, that's in Disney Studios and Tower of Terror is also in Disney Studios okay. as well. So I feel like some of those are some like the big things. Disneyland Paris does have thrilling rides. For instance, Hyperspace Mountain and the Indiana Jones ride goes upside down. They're both upside down roller mm-hmm. coasters. So you don't have to go to, to Disney Studios to get like a thrilling ride. You can still get thrilling rides in, in Disneyland Paris. All right. So as for some of the rides, again, I'm going to do a whole separate episode going over the rides and like comparing and contrasting. However, for today, I'm just going to note that, oh, except for I didn't go in It's a Small World because it was closed for refurbishment. So I'm kind of sad. I didn't get Aww, to see It's a Small World. But my favorite. They do have It's a Small World though. So that's mm-hmm. the only one I can ever speak on until I go back. <laughs> but for now though, I'm just going to list off the rides that are unique to Disneyland Paris and are not in Disney World. So I will note the ones that are in Disneyland in California, but because we are more of a Disney World podcast. So in Disneyland Paris, we have Alice's Curious Labyrinth, which I loved. It's a walkthrough attraction. So basically you walk through this labyrinth and it really is a labyrinth. Like you kind of walk through a little bit. It's easy though. It's not <laughs> difficult, but yeah, it was really fun to walk through, especially because in Disney World, we don't have anything Alice in Wonderland. No, that is a lie. We have the Mad Tea Party section that is all Alice in Wonderland themed. Totally forgot about that when we were filming this. Yeah. And it was very fun to walk through. You can go up in like the Queen of Hearts, like little castle and you get like a good oh, view of Fantasyland. that would be cool. Okay. It was really fun. I will say I do, this is no judgment to anyone. I do feel like a lot of parents used it as like a playground for their kids <laughs> because there were a lot of children just running around with no parents in sight. Right. I was by myself. So I was just running around. There's all these little French kids running around, you know, screaming and having fun, which was very cute. But yeah. I was also like, there is no supervision in this labyrinth. <laughs> like the kids just see run the wild. Yeah. are like, go through the labyrinth. See you on the other side. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. So, but it was really fun though. And there's lots of great photo opportunities with all of the classic Alice in Wonderland characters. So that's why I put that one as number one. That was one of my favorite things that is unique to Disneyland Paris. There is also, I'm not going to say it in French. I guess I could try it. There's the storybook Canal Boats, which is the La Passe des Contes de Fils. Don't know mm. if I'm saying that correctly, but it's essentially exactly what it sounds like. A little canal boat that's outside. And when you sit there, it kind of 
just takes you through it and it shows you miniatures of like the castles of like each princess essentially but it's really cute i thought oh, it was really fun that'd be cute too, a lot yes. of people say it's kind of boring but i think if you've never done it i think mm-hmm. it's really cute and i feel like if i was a kid i would have loved it i would have loved mm-hmm. seeing all the little miniatures of all like the castles all around so i thought it was so cool i think i have a full ride through two of that also in one of the vlogs as well mm-hmm. but love that there's the casey jr's le petit shrine de sec which is basically just kind of like a kid's coaster when i say kid's coaster it's not really even really coaster you kind of just go around in a really big circle you go a little bit fast mm-hmm. i guess but not really that fast honestly but it's it's fun it's cute i did go on it i actually sat in the last in the, the caboose the caboose goes backwards you don't go backwards don't sit in the very last <laughs> row and it's very tight very small, very small. <laughs> so, meant for small kids very tight me and, and the father that was next to me with his family behind us it's like we were very much on top of each other and i was like oh sorry about that sir so <laughs> all right they have the les mysterias do do Nautilus, which is kind of like the finding nemo submarine ride in disneyland in california that was actually closed when i was there as well they have the blanche neige et les Soptenons, which is the snow white ride again that's also in disneyland in california but we don't have that in disney right. world i will say that ride was weird in mm. the sense that there was like no conclusion like you're going through this ride and then suddenly it just like jumps from i don't know snow white fell asleep and then suddenly it's just like the end and i'm like well <laughs> what happened it's like they didn't like finish the story Sorry. it's like suddenly she just at the end with the prince i'm like but there was no i don't know it was very i have a full video of that too it was very strange though i was like i was like who thought of the storyline of this ride it is a bit scary though because and that's the thing too that it's like the scary you know adventures of of snow white because you do go through that creepy forest and the trees Mm kind of pop out of you but yeah i I just thought that was so funny there's like no conclusion to the story so and i have heard from other people that the one in disneyland in california is better than the disneyland paris version so there's also the les voyage de pinocchio which is a pinocchio ride that was also closed when i was there i don't know if that's reopening though because i think it's been closed for quite some time so i'm not sure if that's going to reopen they have the latineo du dragon which is the dragon that's underneath sleeping mm, beauty's that castle that looked really cool that is one of the coolest things ever honestly and i would suggest to do that honestly in the beginning of your trip because i kind of forgot about it i did at the end of my trip and i was like i would have loved to come back here and just hang out here because it's so cool to see that dragon underneath the castle you can get there by two ways you can get there from the front of the castle or like once you're in the castle there's like a stairway through one of the shops that goes down to it but i would you have to do that if you go there that again unique to disneyland paris that is one of the most unique things that the dragon on the castle is not in any other disney park so cool i took so many photos and videos of it i absolutely yeah, love that it that looks really cool i would love to see that yeah absolutely love it and the other thing i love too is the pirate galleon so essentially by the pirates of the caribbean ride there is a huge full-size pirate ship and this waterfall that kind of looks like a skull amazing i had known that was a thing but I, I had like the pictures do pictures and videos do not do that justice you walk up to that and it is like your jaw drops it looks so amazing the pirate ship you can go on it and like walk around the pirate ship that was also closed for refurbishment as well so i couldn't do that i don't know if i really would have done that though honestly but you yeah, have just... more kids running around unsupervised <laughs> so there are like some like fake little caves you can yeah. walk around too in that area yeah. i did walk around those a little bit but yeah but if you just stand across man there's like meet and greets of characters there and mm. stuff too amazing that was one of the coolest things ever too that dragon and yeah that, that skull waterfall or it's like i would make that the background of my phone like i love that <laughs> so much and i will say i'm biased because pirates of the caribbean is my favorite ride in disney world like i love pirates of the caribbean well mickey minis run my railway but pirates of the caribbean for the classic rides so bias there but again it is really cool i know a lot of other people say too it is very very cool though all right so in disney studios the unique rides is that we have this spider web adventure this is in disneyland in california it is very fun the hype the hype is real and i went through it and they were speaking full french to me for the most part there's very little english in the ride it's funny because you kind of have to use your arms to play the game and what's funny is that she would give the instructions in, in french first but you're already playing the game and then she would say in english what you're supposed to do and then it's like oh wait that's what i'm supposed to do but then you're like done with that section already so i'm like well it would be nice to go on the ride with the english first i think so i could know what i was doing i will tell you at the end because you play with you know you're in, in a team and it's not like toy 
story mania where you're playing against everyone you're playing together as a team at the end we had a pretty high score i think we had over 100,000 points but when you looked at the points of my three other teammates i had drastically higher than the other three girls i was with to the point where the girls were like oh great job like you're the reason why we won <laughs> like basically i was like what were you guys doing in this part not flinging your arms around like i was apparently so like i guess i was really going for it like i wanted to win and having a good time yeah they were just hanging out next to me right. it's like yeah the american in the, in the thing right now and the three french girls so they have this ride that's called the cars road trip this is essentially the back lot adventure but instead of doing anything interesting you basically just kind of like go through a little bit about cars but they do that waterfall canyon thing that they used to do in the back oh, lot okay. adventure yeah. that's basically what the ride is doing you drive all the way out there they do that and you kind of drive all the way back it's not super if you're really into cars maybe it would be because they show you like the cars characters along the way mm-hmm. but that waterfall thing is pretty cool i kind of forgot how cool it was mm-hmm. until i was there doing it i also did sit on the side where the water came down i didn't know that when i sat down in my seat that i was on that side <laughs> but if you're missing the nostalgia of the backlot adventures i would definitely recommend doing that there was like no line for that either there's a ride called slinky dogs zigzag spin which is essentially a, like a boardwalk type ride that spins in a circle like mm-hmm. you know those rides they just kind of go in yeah, a circle go and that's what that is crush's coaster which is what i mentioned before crush's coaster does spin you around a little bit so i would just keep that in mind but it is a very fun ride i know some people say that if you've been on guardians of the galaxy you're not really good like cosmic rewind you're not going to like crush's coaster as much i feel the opposite i love crush's coaster more than guardians of the galaxy because i think the way that because you're in like a shell you know and there's two people in front two people mm. in the back and you're constantly spinning around like a little circle oh, <laughs> i started going from the front and so i realized if you were sitting in the back by you get to the top you don't know you're at the top yet until you're going down already in the roller coaster oh. the roller coaster is also fully in the dark so I'm getting Guardians of the Galaxy. There's a lot of projections right. on the ride. This ride, fully in the dark. So if you can't do a dark roller coaster, don't do oh, it. God. And I will say, I did see some French children get off the ride bawling because they got very scared Aww. on the ride. And the cast members are trying to get them like behind the gate for safety, but they were <laughs> waiting for their parents to get off the ride and they were they were not doing very well. Aww. So I feel kind of bad for them. They must have not realized it was like a fully in the dark, dark type of ride. roller coaster. So it can be a little bit intense, I think, for mm. little ones, but I thought it was really fun though. I would have loved to do that again, but I waited over an hour on single rider. So Just it's a very on. popular ride. It's also a ride called RC Racer, which is kind of like a U shape. Like think of a big U in the mm-hmm. sky, and it's just a thing that goes up and down on the U. Oh, like the again, kind of like a old, boardwalk ride. Yeah, the old rides that they used to. They actually used to do them by hand when I was a kid, where they used yeah. to rock those ships back and forth. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So that is unique, and also mm-hmm. Toy Soldiers Parachute Drop, which is kind of like the ride where kind of like a swinging ride. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you kind of sit in the swing and it raises you up. And I know they have. Oh a yeah, ride. it's like they have that on Coney Island. Yeah, and they have that on Pixar's Pier mm-hmm. too in Disneyland. Right. So that's kind of similar. So yeah, so those are the unique rides specifically to to the parks that is not in Disney World. Lots of other rides that, you know, have crossover though. We'll do a whole other podcast episode that is specific to those. All right, I realize we're really droning on here. We're already at the 45 minute mark. So I apologize for going on. There's just a few more sections left. All right, characters. I didn't do any meet and greets. I'm not a meet and greet person. I don't do meet and greets in Disney World. I haven't done a meet and greet in many years now. However, the characters are still out and about. You see characters all the time just walking around. They have meet and greets around the park. Some of them like the Princess Pavilion. There is a Princess Pavilion. You can wait online. Mickey and Minnie, they have like a specific line you can wait on. Those lines but seeming really were the longest out of all the lines. Well, yeah, because they're... <laughs> yeah, everyone wants to go meet the characters, of characters. course. They do speak French and English. So if you're with your kid and you're worried, like, you know, like the princess isn't going to be able to talk to them, she will speak English to your child. So it, it will be okay. I saw Captain Jack above his ride because Captain Jack actually has his own restaurant that's part of the ride as well. That's where I saw Captain Jack. It is so cool seeing the characters speaking French though. So funny though. <laughs> no idea what they're saying, but it's so cool it's to okay. see all the characters speaking French. Everybody loves to hear you know, French. I saw Jack walking around. I saw Jafar. I've never really seen Jafar. Jafar before. Obviously, he doesn't speak because he's like kind of like a no-show face character. I saw Peter Pan. I saw Wendy. I saw Rapunzel and Flynn walking around. So you see lots of characters walking around in the shows and stuff. Obviously, Mickey and 
many don't speak, you know, of course you just do the pantomime, but they all understand English at the very least. All right, PhotoPass. I would say there's always mixed reviews on PhotoPass for Disneyland Paris because you, in order to get your ride photos, you have to have PhotoPass. So I did not pay for PhotoPass because I'm not a photos person. I did take a photo of my watermarked photo ride for the Buzz Lightyear ride, but like the little shooting game, because I was so focused on playing that ride. It looks so funny in the photo that I was like, yes, I am going to win against no one. I'm by myself. Then we looked at my scores like, I don't think I did that well, honestly, even though I was trying really hard. So a bit embarrassing there. Disneyland Paris doesn't really have photographers around the parks the way that Magic Kingdom does, for instance. Like when you walk around the parks, there's no one to take your photo. Maybe just on Main Street in front of the castle, but that is it. There is no other photographers. I didn't really see a single photographer walking around. So if you're paying for photo pass because you want cute photos around the parks, not going to happen. I would say it's really not worth it for that. However, if you want your ride photos, you have to get photo pass to get your ride photos. It is also a bit inconvenient how you get your ride photos. It's kind of like the old, I'd say the old fashioned way. In Disney World, everything kind of connects to your magic band. There you will see your ride photo with a number. You have to memorize your number and then go to like the gift shop that's associated oh, with that times, and then yes. give them your number mm-hmm. in order to get your ride photos. Kind of like, that's why I said like old times. Right, like ago. that's how it used to be. So it's a bit inconvenient for some people because sometimes if you don't realize that, you'll leave, go to the gift shop, then they'll be like, you have to get your number. Then you have to go all the way back to try to find your number and then go all the way back to the gift shop. And sometimes the gift shop to buy the photos like isn't obviously next to like the ride like you have to walk a little bit to the to the one that's going to like print out your photos for you or something but just keep that in mind if you want your ride photos have to get photo pass otherwise i would say photo pass I don't, I don't know isn't really worth it i feel bad saying that but i guess it's up to you depending upon or i guess if you're doing the meet and greets with the characters obviously then maybe it's worth you want photo it, right. pass. again i didn't do any meet and greets so all right so for food you do need to make reservations at all of the restaurants to sit down at them so kind of the same thing as disney world i think it's a little bit easier to get reservations for some of the restaurants i went in off season so i can't speak to when it's like the height of the summer or something like that or like the height of like Christmas break or something. Yeah, but you do need reservations for the restaurants. I did quick service the entire time I was there and I was alone. So I didn't really want to, I feel bad saying this. I didn't want to waste time sitting down at a restaurant when I could just go to quick service and then go on more rides. I was very ride focused when I was there. <laughs> Get everything in. Yeah, all the food I had was pretty good, like food wise. I liked it too, because I went to Hyperion Cafe, which is in the, their version of Tomorrowland. It's called Discovery, excuse me, it's called Discovery Land there. And they just had a good old fashioned Impossible Burger, which is really nice because in Cosmic Rays, they have this like sloppy Joe Impossible Burger. Mm-hmm. They just does not sound good to me. It's like sometimes you just want the basics. Just go back to the basics. So something I wouldn't know about the food though, if you've listened to previous podcast episodes, you know I am a big dessert girly. Their desserts in France are not nearly as sweet as American desserts. So by that, I had a Rice Krispie treat, a cookie, a cake pop, a beignet, not nearly as much sugar and fat that American desserts have in it. And because of that, I didn't really like them that much if I'm being really honest. And it's not to say that they were bad. They just weren't as sweet as I'm used to. So again, just keep that in mind if you're like a huge like sugar girl like I am that mm-hmm. yeah I, I was not impressed I would say by any of the desserts that I had which is kind of sad in a way big popcorn person as well they do both have both sweet and salty popcorn so every popcorn stand has both so when you go up they'll ask sweet or salty you can get the salty or the sweet do they have all the fancy buckets too or uh they had one bucket yeah so there's only one bucket option but there mm-hmm. wasn't like like how they have like Cinderella's you know mm-hmm. pumpkin thing or something mm-hmm. like that they don't have those but they do have buckets you can get and you can carry on the bucket with you mm-hmm. I didn't do that I kind of chose not to and they do have flavored popcorn like in the stores like if you want to get like caramel or oh, right. like more like different... the fancy popcorn right. they have those like in the stores you can kind of buy like as normal as well mm-hmm. so all right so for the nighttime shows so when i went again i went during the 30th anniversary so during that we had the 30th anniversary drone show at disneyland paris and that is by far the best show i have seen in any of the disney world parks ever and that is beating happily ever after which is crazy mm-hmm. to say that i mm-hmm. think this show that was like three minutes was better than, <laughs> than happily the 20 ever minute after. show in Walt yeah, disney world after and that is just because i had never seen a drone show before in my whole life like I have never seen it that is the only drone shows 
still to this day I've ever seen. So I was just so impressed to see a drone show like that. I would say too, it's like, again, photos, videos will never live up to what that drone show looks like when you were standing there oh, on the Oh yeah, street, you can't get the full effect. And you suddenly, like the drones just come alive right. and they're moving around. Like not even that complicated, like very basic, honestly. Mm -hmm. Cause I've seen other like drone shows online, like how, I get, well, I know Epcot had, had Epcot one for Forever, they had the kites, but I never yeah. saw Epcot Forever with the kites during their drone show. So amazing, honestly, it was so cool. And I would really recommend trying to see it if you're able to see it. I know that now at the time when I was going, Disney Studios didn't have the show, but Disney Studios does now have a Marvel themed drone show that they do right next to Tower of Terror. So I've heard that show is also really cool too, especially if you're a big Marvel fan. So I didn't see that show. Unfortunately, I would have loved to see that if I was there, but at the time Disney Studios had no nighttime shows. The drone show, absolutely amazing. I would say the regular fireworks show, there's is actually called Illuminations, funny enough, and the castle projections. It was fun too. It was good. I don't think that was necessarily anything special in comparison to the drone show. All the songs go back and forth between French and English. It's actually really fun to hear like, like songs that you know by heart, like in French. It's actually mm -hmm. so cool. At both nights when I watched the fireworks show, the French love Frozen. Like when Frozen came on, everyone was singing along. No one sang along to a single other song during that 15 minute fireworks show, except for the Frozen section. See? Everyone was like Frozen. <laughs> cheering, clapping for Frozen. It was so funny. Like I thought it was hilarious because I'm like, why is Frozen the, like everyone just really love Frozen. Like they, they need to get a Frozen ride in that park, honestly, They'd probably go crazy for that. So, but yeah, I just thought that was funny. So, all right, we're reaching the end here. So the, the last thing here, all right, can you do Disneyland Paris all in one day? I would say you probably could do it if you really wanted to. Although I would probably suggest at least two days. This depends on honestly how busy the parks are. When I was there, I waited the longest for Big Thunder and Disneyland Paris and Crush's Coaster and Disney Studios. Otherwise, every Thing was under 20 minutes. I was you going were in off season, right? Because there were times when we've been at Disney, you could get on everything yep. in 20 minutes. And I was minutes, going so. as a single person right. as well. So that's why I'm saying at least two days to try to do everything if you really want to get everything done. If you're not really too bothered, there's a lot that you don't really care about. There's only a few things you really want to do. Mm -hmm. One day probably would be fine. And I'd also say two rides do break down. When I was there, Big Thunder was broken down. I feel like half the time I was there, mm -hmm. like I was really squeezing Big Thunder in because it kept breaking down. You'll see mm -hmm. that in my vlogs as well. And last but not least, the last little thing here that I have, what I recommend going if you've been to Magic Kingdom many a times. Overall, I would say yes, because the parks are still unique and they still mm -hmm. offer a lot that Magic Kingdom does not offer that, you know, Disneyland in California does not offer. Mm -hmm. I would say too, it's also fun just to compare the parks to each other right. to see Pirates of the Caribbean and then compare it to the Pirates of the Caribbean mm -hmm. Magic Kingdom and compare it to the one in Disneyland in California. It's fun just to do that, especially if you're a huge Disney fan. Well, yeah, especially that they're not carbon copies. I mean, from what you're saying, yeah, they're, they're not, not carbon the same. copies. So there all the rides are the, different. Yes, yeah. there's so a lot of different aspects. The theming is the same, obviously. Mm -hmm. They still have Adventureland, right. Fantasyland, Frontierland. The theming is the mm -hmm. is, is the same, but the lands themselves different, different, very different. And it's so fun and it's so cool to see that. So if you're going to France maybe for a week or two weeks and you're debating, should I go to Disneyland Paris? Is it worth it? I would say overall, yes. Maybe don't you may you don't have to stay in the hotels. Maybe if you're staying in Paris, you know there is a shuttle bus I know from Paris or like a train that takes you all the way out to Disneyland Paris. Maybe just do that and just go for one day and then maybe decide on your trip if you want to add on an extra right. day to do another day or something. Like at least that. get a taste. Yeah, or at least just go see it. I would say it's it's worth it to at least see it at least once and decide. But I know a lot of people say they think Disneyland Paris can be underwhelming in comparison to Disney World. I personally didn't feel that way. But again, right. that is my opinion. I know everyone has different opinions. That's totally okay. But I didn't find it underwhelming. I thought it was so much fun. I had so much fun. Again, I was there by myself. Didn't share it with anyone. You know, nice. I was there bopping around by myself, right. having fun. That little American Chinese uh -huh. girl just, you know, listening in all these French conversations. But yeah, I, I would still overall would recommend going. Every family is going to be different. Every financial situation will be different. So definitely just decide on your own what you think and yeah, see if you can squeeze it in. So, all right, that is all I have to say for this podcast episode. This is a long episode. <laughs> yes, it was. Again, this is just a lot of the things that I thought was useful to know before 
I went to Disneyland Paris, some things I wish I would have known. If you have any questions, always feel free to reach out to me on my Instagram. It is Spaceship Earth Design. Feel free to DM. No question is too small or too silly or something like that. The whole thing, even just with the magical shuttle, like confirmation ticket, I was going through Facebook groups trying to find out like when I was going to receive my ticket because I was so nervous that like it didn't book correctly. So any questions, definitely feel free to uh, to reach out. So I do other podcast episodes too on Disneyland Paris to go more in detail about like the rides and you know the parks and stuff like that. So yeah, did you have any other questions? Or no, I think that was pretty good. You yeah. were pretty thorough and yeah, I know. I tried again. It took me a while yeah. to write these notes just so I can get everything all all synced right. up. So mm-hmm. we will quickly transition to just a little bit of Disney World news because again we are more of a Disney World type podcast. And honestly, I'm just gonna go through a few new food items. This is a pre-recorded podcast, so by the time this comes out, I'm sure more Disney news will be out. So just a few new food items from the last few weeks. There is a new crispy chicken dumplings at Sunshine Tree Terrace. They looked really good actually, Ooh, but okay. I don't eat chicken though. So yeah, so when we go, if you want chicken dumplings, yeah, Sunshine like Tree little, Terrace snack. Yeah, there is a sticky bubble bread at the Lunching Pad in Magic Kingdom. They everyone's advertising it as a breakfast item. It doesn't look very appetizing. It's just like three loaves of bread with like stuff on it. But yeah, that apparently, didn't look very appetizing. <laughs> apparently, it tastes very good though. So okay. that's kind of fun. What kind of sticky? There is a new Beaches and Cream milkshake. It's an aerial themed milkshake that features mint chocolate chip ice cream with caramel and a shell cupcake. I think I would love this because I love Ooh, that mint chocolate sounds chip. Good. Yeah, yeah, I love mint chocolate chip ice yeah. cream. So I feel like I would love this, and I love you know the Little Mermaid. Yeah, and that stuff. sounds good. Looks super cute. So I would love to maybe get that. And last but not least, there is a peanut butter chocolate cake sandwich at Sunshine Seasons. It's basically like a whoopie pie. Oh, I pie. saw that too. That looks cute. Your yeah. daddy would like that. Yeah, you, my dad I'm loves not a peanut, big butter, peanut butter, and either. I love whoopie pies. Yeah. So basically, they're calling it a chocolate cake right. sandwich. It's a whoopie pie. But I guess mm. if you don't know what whoopie pies are, chocolate cake sandwich, sandwich is more accessible right, to other languages. Right. But that also looks good too. All right, there are still no Disney birthdays this week either. So no, no Disney birthdays. Week. However, we have some real life birthdays. My friend Abby, her birthday is August 21st. So happy birthday to Abby. Yeah, <laughs> and okay. I would have just seen her in Toronto. And also my best friend's mom, her name is Kathy. Kathy's birthday is August 25th. So happy birthday, Kathy, <laughs> to you as well. And that will bring us to our final segment, which is our Disney memory. So I realize I've been talking this whole time. Yes. So sorry, mom. <laughs> That's okay. I'm just here for comments today. Yeah. I just, I don't have any Disney memories of Paris. So yeah. Well, you've a- been to Paris before. So oh, well, we were it. to Paris. That's why I said when you're in Disney, they are a customer service. In Paris, we did fall into a couple of situations where they did not speak English. We lucked out in that they were very accommodating and trying to help. Yeah. There are times when people have said they've been in Paris and you don't get any help. They don't want to know mm-hmm. that you don't speak French. Yeah. But I say in Disney, it was nice to hear that, you know, they do make an effort to make sure yeah, that, you sure. know, because that's it. You're going there for the experience. Mm-hmm. The same thing if you're going to Paris, you're going there for the experience too. So yeah. yes. And I will say too, like I not necessarily Disney memory, but I'll use this as my Disney memory. Mm-hmm. When I was going again, this trip was planned so last minute. So obviously both my parents were quite concerned that I was flying by myself to Paris. Oh. And um, do we want to tell them the Disney memory of when your phone died and we thought you oh, were yeah. dead oh, somewhere in Paris? Ha- <laughs> this is in the vlog as well. So you should watch the vlog. What happened was that on the first night on Friday night, the parks closed at like eight o'clock or something like that. Early. So yes. I was back in my room by like 830 or something. And I texted them. I, I guess I, sh- I didn't well, mention this. She I sent back mentioned- the text saying that she was surprised because everything shuts down there as opposed to Walt Disney World where everything stayed open. So she sends us this text and says, you know, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm back in my room. That's yeah, all we Friday wanted to know night, was that yeah, she was Friday back in night, her room yeah. safe. So she texted so us. Saturday said, night though, the park was open until 10 p.m. I didn't know that. Mm, at, did 7, at 7.30, I was on Main Street waiting for the fireworks show. And I was like, well, how come no one's lining up? And I was like, oh, the park doesn't close till 10. And at that part, I had been in the park since 8.30 in the morning. So my phone was dead. My extra charger, dead. Everything was dead. I had no charger. So I was putting my phone on airplane mode so that I would save the very little battery that I had left. Ironically, in case something happened, I could still use my phone. But she didn't so bother to text phone. us and just say, my I didn't phone is dead. It. Yeah, to think that the park was closing two <laughs> right. hours later. So then 
then my parents were here in America freaking out that I've been kidnapped in Disneyland. Well, for two, for two hours, you know, yeah. we're trying to get her on the phone and we can't get her. So we called the hotel and the yeah. hotel was absolutely no help. Well, no the help. hotel was a bit more realistic. They're yes. like, well, the well no, no, no. <laughs> they didn't tell us that in the first time we had a call and then we had a call back because they sent us to her room and we couldn't get through to the room. So my husband calls again to say, look, I, my daughter's not in her room. She should have been there two hours ago. We need a wellness check. Just, and they're like, no. And, but they didn't say, well, you know, she's probably in the park. So what my husband said is, but the park closed at eight o'clock. And they said, no, it didn't. It closes at 10 o'clock tonight. But that two hours that we're trying yeah. to get her, we were thinking, and I'm saying to myself, how fast can we get to Paris? <laughs> and my husband didn't bother to tell me that right then he was trying to renew his passport. and He was having trouble. He didn't have a passport. Mm-hmm. So the only person who could have got on a plane to Paris yeah. was me. Well, it would have been you and my partner, because I'm sure Ted would have come as well if I was whisked away in France. Okay. So, you know, we were like hysterical because we were like, oh my God, where is she? And then all of a sudden she's like, well, I'm in my room now. You know, my phone was dying. So I put it on airplane mode. I said, yeah. you couldn't even think to tell us that. Now, the irony is I get back to my room and my they call me, obviously. And yes. then we don't have, they, it's like a $20 phone call. Because oh God, $20? Yeah, it was that cost me like call. $100 for those two, yeah, two was, three phone calls. It was, only two, it, was that, it was only that one phone call. That was oh God. It. Well, we called the hotel twice. Oh, I forgot about the hotel, yeah. So, oh God, it was yeah, so funny. It cost a lot of money to do that. Yes, it's funny because by the time I called them, my dad was like, it's okay. It's, he was so calm. He said, it's okay. We realize now you're back in your room. room. But then my mom was just like, sure, now you're calm. Now you're calm. He was running all over the kitchen, ready to like book flights to Paris. Panicking on the way. And I had no idea. We have seen Taken. And here I am, just like going on rides in Disneyland Paris. Being like, she's just go having a good old time. Now, let me do Autopia before the fireworks show. It's like everyone's having a heart attack yeah, back so, in America. Yes, that know. was that was a very frantic yeah. memory. And I would say too, that is one thing I forgot. I may, may do a snippet in the beginning of this episode. Though there is Wi-Fi in it throughout both parks, so you can you don't have to have an international pan. You can connect to the Wi-Fi. However, the Wi-Fi does drain your battery very right. quickly, so you just have to be mindful. Yeah, of we that. didn't talk much. Yeah. She just kind of just sent us little notes, like just saying, you know, this is where I am. This is what yeah. I'm doing. I'll include in like an edited mm. snippet earlier on in case yeah. not everyone listens to the very right. end which is fine but okay. yeah it's so funny though I do you remember that yes, I kind of forgot about that but it's in the vlog so if you watch yeah. the vlog that was craziness going on here <laughs> okay <laughs> but, yeah, but let me know if you have any other questions mm-hmm. about Disneyland Paris again obviously I love talking about Disney we just talked for over an hour about Disney <laughs> on my podcast right now that's why we even started this podcast but make sure you're following us on social media we are currently Spaceship Earth Design everywhere I will also have it linked in the description or again if you're watching on YouTube feel free to leave a YouTube comment and give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you are. And let us know, are you going to Disneyland Paris ever? Are you going to try to plan a trip there? Or are you like, no, no, we're going to save our money and maybe go somewhere else? Is there another international Disney park that you would like to go to? Would love to hear. Again, love talking about Disney and especially the international parks since uh, they're a bit more newer to me, a bit more shiny and new in comparison to Disney World. So, Robert, yeah, thank you so much for for listening to this very long podcast. (laughs) Okay, bye-bye. See you real soon.